Okay, we're going to pick it up from Daf Peites Amid Beis, four lines from the bottom. Hu Gavra. Just to remind us what we're talking about, it was a machlekes in the mish. It was a ma- the mishnah. It was a machlekes tanoim. If a husband wants to be mefar a neder, but the neder didn't take effect yet, the neder will only take effect if his stipulation is met. So a person says, "If I eat this bread, then I'm going to become a nazar." So the woman says, that, "Can the husband be mefar?" So the Chachamim's opinion is, yes, you could be Mefar even before he ate the bread, even before she ate the bread. So she's, the, the nether didn't even begin yet. Again, the nether was only beginning on contingency of a, uh, of a tanai, of a stipulation. The stipulation was not met, so the nether actually never began. So like, like she said, I'm going to be a Nazar if I eat this loaf of bread. According to Chacham, he could be made for the nether even before she eats a loaf of bread. Rav Nassim disagrees. So that was by a husband being Mefar. The question now is, what about a rav being mater nether? There are differences between a husband and a rav. A husband, by the way, just is he's not removing it retroactively. Uh, it's just different halachas. So the question is, what would that? What would the rabbanon say? It's a machlekes regarding a husband. Could he remove a, a nether before the stipulation is met to trigger the nether? So the nether is more ethereal. It's more theoretic. It's not practical yet. What about a rabbi? So the gemara says, "Ahu gavred itzar niyasa da almaleha." There was a certain person who said he's not benefiting from anything on planet Earth, from any person. He can't benefit from any person. Which if that didn't start yet, but if he gets married before he learns halacha, he can't benefit from anybody. So what happened was, basically, there's a person who wanted to learn halacha to become a rabbi before he got married. So he said, to, in order to reinforce this, he said, listen, if I get married before I learn halacha, everything's also to me. Now, getting a rabbi to remove the nether of everything being also to him is not hard because you can't live where you're not getting benefit from anybody. But again, the nether didn't start yet because it only starts after he gets married. So what happened? Rod begaf of a tevila, he takes his walking stick in his purse, meaning he tried very hard, but he couldn't learn. He wasn't capable of learning. So the whole stipulation was, again, it was in order to, it, it, he wanted to, to become a rabbi, to become a rav, to learn halacha before he got married. The problem is he couldn't learn. But now, because of this, he wasn't getting married. So, also, because again, once he gets married, then the, the nether triggers. So he went, so Rav Acha wanted to be mat the nether, but what Rav Acha did is, the Shimsha, he tricked him, in Savitasa, he told him he should get married first. He basically told him you can get married and it won't trigger the stipulation. Okay, which is the, which was a trickery, obviously, because he needed to be mounted nether. So now that he got married, now the nether is chal. So now, Sharke Tina, he took dirt, smirted, smeared the dirt on his shirt to show that right now, the same way, like, you know, don't delude yourself thinking you don't need people's help. You need someone to do laundry for you. So again, he got him to get married, which would trigger the nether. Then he put dirt on his shirt so that he realized, the guy realized, like, I need someone to help me do laundry. Uh, and he sent to Rechizda to be mater nether. Now the point of this Gemara is that he didn't send to Rechizda right away. He only sent to Rechizda once he got married because that would trigger the nether, which means he was following Rav Nosan, that a Rav can only be mater nether after the stipulation was met and the nether is actually chal. That's why he got him to get married first because the nether only begins once he got married. Now, you also see that Rav Nosan's opinion regarding the husband's hafaras nedarim, that a husband could only be made for a nether after the nether actually begins and it's not theoretical, Rav Nosan obviously would feel the same way by being mater nether because this is a case of a rabbi being mater nether. So the Gemara says, Amar Rav, Rav spoke this out, Man milsa, look how wise he is, he loved Rav Achabarav, that he felt that the same way the Rav Nassim and the Chachamim argue regarding Hafaras Nadarim, that 
Rav Nassim feels that a husband can only be made an adder after it begins, so too they argue by Hataras Nadarim. And that's why, because it's a case of Hataras Nadarim by a rabbi, he felt that in order for the rabbi to be Mater Nadar, the nether actually has to take effect. And the nether would take effect after he gets married. And that's why he convinced it to get married, as opposed to just being Mater Nadar before. Oh. So Rav Papi Amar, he disagrees. He says, no, Ba'achleikes, Ba'afara, the Machleikes of Nasan and the Rabbanon is only regarding removing a nether by a husband. Rav Nasan feels that the husband can only be made from the nether when it actually takes effect because the Pasuk says the moon is going to be embarrassed, is going to be ashamed and we have a drasha that is actually a euphemism from Hafra that it should be revoked and Levana is like a building like a binion that you remove the building meaning the nether, you see that it's, a nether is described as a building, which is something real, which is something tangible. That means that you could only remove a nether, the husband can only revoke a nether, hafaras nedarim, when after the nether is only real like a building, but not when it uh, hasn't been set yet. Rabbanon savri no balmei for alpha pishalecha nether. The Rabbanon disagree. They say no that a husband can revoke the nether even when before it's taken effect. Dechsev meifar machshaves arumim. He revokes the thoughts of the thoughts of people. You see, even if it's a mere thought, it's not real yet. The husband can revoke. Avol b'sheila but says Rav Papi, but that's only a machlekes regarding the husband. But when it comes to a rabbi being mater nether divrakolin chachamater klum elim kichal nether dechsev leyechad var. According to Rav Papi, everybody agrees the husband the rabbi can only be if it was real. The Pasuk describes the, the rabbi removing it. Uh, uh, the source for it is and chal means it's set. So you see that it's a that, that Rava feels that it's a machloikis, whether a Rav could be Mater if it's still in the stipulation stage, but it's not real. And Rav Papi disagrees. He says, no, everybody agrees that it has to be it has to be removed. It's not a machalikas. So let's bring a proof to Rav Papi that again, for a Rav to be mater neder, everybody agrees that it has to be an actual neder and not a mere stipulation that the neder will take effect. It has to actually be real. Because the following case, Ruven says, I will not benefit from Shimon. That's a neder. But, but, Okay, so he starts with the first nether, which is I'm not going to be in matin, I'm not going to benefit from Shimon. That's the first one. Then he says, if a rav wants to be matir that nether, then I'm not going to benefit from the rabbi who's matir the nether. So he he made one full nether, which is Reuben said I'm not going to benefit from Shimon. But then he said, in order to reinforce that, if a rav is ever matir this nether, then. So he goes to Ramosha Feinstein to be matir the nether. Then I'm going to be also to Ramosha Feinstein. So one nether is fully in fully already chal, and that's his Isser of Shimon. The rabbi nether is still up in the air. It's still ethereal. It only takes effect when the rabbi is mater the nether. Then, so then you have, once the rabbi is mater the nether, then then you have, uh, he's also to Shimon still, because he made a nether that it won't, I, I don't know. He, then he's also to the rabbi, and he's probably still also to Shimon, because you have to, I guess, the rabbi is removing the nether. So the Gemara is like this. What should he do? He should remove the first and then the second. Now, the way the Gemara understands, I mean, first and second, I don't know which one is that. So the Gemara, the Gemara understands that the first one means, again, he says, I'm not going to benefit from Shimon. And if a rabbi tries to be Mater Neder, I'm not going to, I'm going to be ushered to that rabbi. So the Gemara says, let him do the first one and then the second. So what does that mean? So the simple explanation means that first he should get a rabbi to be Mater the Neder which would trigger the Isser on the rabbi, making that real. 
then then he should meaning instead of instead of being matter the neder to the rabbi and then to Shimon, he should first have a rabbi again there's two nedarim there's Reuven said I'm not going to be mutter to Shimon. And then if a rabbi tries to be matar, I'm also to the rabbi. So what he should do is he should go to, a, uh, go to, go to someone else. First have that rabbi try to be matar the neder to Shimon, which will trigger the iser to the rabbi. Then he could do hatar sadar for the rabbi. Meaning he should not first try to get a rabbi to be matar neder the iser on the annulling rabbi. Again, there's the subject is he aser Shimon, that's real. And then there's a theoretical rabbi uh, nether, which will take effect if he tries to be mata nether. So when he's trying to remove these two nedarim, he should first remove shimmins, which will trigger make the rabbis real. Then he should be mata nether on the rabbi. But if he tries to mata nether on the rabbi first, that's not good, seemingly because it's not real yet. Right? If he goes to a rabbi and says, "Hey, I need you to be mata nether on which one? On the rabbi that's going to be mata nether? That, that's not real yet." So the Gemara says, So this is a, now if you say, now this is a proof to Rav Papi, why? Again, Rav Papi's point is that for Ataris Adarim, the nether, the nether, the Dharm have to be real. That's why, according to this Gemara, it makes a lot of sense. First, you be Mata Neder to Shimon, which is real, which will then trigger, trigger the Neder to the Rabbi, making that real, and then you're Mata Neder to the Rabbi. But if you disagree with Rav Papi, that Ataris Adarim could be, even if it's not real, then, then go with whatever order you want. Who cares? So the Gemara says, um, so the Gemara says, no, your whole proof is because you're assuming and there's two Nadarm, there's a Nether to Shimon, there's a Nether to the, the rabbi is going to know the, the Nether for Shimon. So you thought when it says go to first and then second, you thought there's a specific order, and the order is first go to Shimon, Mata that, which will trigger the Nether to the rabbi, making that real, and then be Mata Nether to that rabbi. How do you know first and second is that order? Maybe first and second is the opposite. It just says first and second, it doesn't say which one. Your whole proof is under the assumption that first and second is the order that you assumed. Maybe your order is incorrect. Maybe it's actually you first go to a rabbi and say, hey, I made an edit to Shimon, and then I made an edit stopping me from going to Rabbi uh, Ploni or Moshe Feinstein because he's Matan Adarim. Please remove the rabbi from Moshe Feinstein, and then Shimon. How do you know that's not the order? It doesn't say which order, it just says first and second. So the Gemara says, okay, another proof. Again, the proof is that according to Rav Papi, everybody agrees. According to Rav, it's a machlekes. According to Rav Papi, everybody agrees. It's not a machlekes. Everyone agrees that for Atar Sadarim, the Nadarim have to be real. So the Gemara says, If some, Reuben says, I'm not going to benefit from Shimon, So that's first nether, and that's real. Then he says, If I'm not your nether, I'm going to become a nazir. So that nazir is still up in the air. So says the Gemara, Nishal Nidroi Vacha Nishal Nizra. Says the Gemara, first you have to be matinether from Shimon, rendering the Naziris real, and then you're matinether to Nazir. But you can't go Nazir first because it's not real yet. Oh, it's a proof to her papi that everybody agrees that Hataris Adarim can only be done after they're real. Because if it's not universally accepted that everybody agrees that you can do Ataris Adarim before it's real, why can't you be Mater Neder on the Naziris first? Again, you said that you're also to Shimon, that's real. And then he said, if I'm Mater Neder in the future, then I'm going to become a Nazir in the future. That's not real yet. Says the Gemara, you first have to, have to remove the real Neder and then rendering the Naziris real and then you remove the Naziris. Oh, you see, it's everybody 
According to everybody, that's Rav everyone agrees that to do Ataris Adarim, it has to be real. So the Gemara says, Rav Nosanhi, wait a minute. This is a proof to Rav Papi. Why? Because Rav Papi says everybody agrees that Hataras Adarim has to be real to be removed. This Brisa happens to indicate that Hataras Adarim has to be real to be removed. You're right. But what did Rav Papi say? That it's universally accepted. What did Rav say? Rav said it's Machlekes Tanoim. So maybe Rav is right. And maybe this Brisa is authored by Rav Nosan. Listen, Rav Papi is the one who says that it, everyone agrees to it. doesn't agree with Rav Papi. But what does he feel? Not that nobody agrees to it. It's a machlekes. Rav Nasan feels that you have to be matanada once it's real. The Rabbanon feel you can matanada even before it's real. This price indicates you can only do Atar's Dharma when it's real. But that doesn't mean Rav Papi's right. Maybe Rav is right. And it's authored by Rav Nasan. So, okay. Now, so what you have over here is, again, for Hafaras Nadar, for a husband, it's a machlekes, whether the husband can revoke a vow before it's real, when it's still in the stipulation stage. For Hataras Nedarim, it's a Machlekes. Rava feels it's still a Machlekes. Rav Papi feels it's universally accepted. You could only revoke a vow, you only do Hataras Nedarim if it's real. Then you have a third opinion, which is Ravina. He has a different version of Papi that is Machlekes Ba'afara. He says the opposite, which is the whole Machlekes is by a husband, but for a rabbi, everyone agrees you could revoke the vow even when it's not real yet at all. So Rava says it's a Machlekes. First version of Rav Papi is everyone agrees it has to be real. And now this new version of Rav Papi is everyone agrees it doesn't have to be real. The Pasuk says, you shall not profane his words. Go to the next page. Devaro means words. Means it's not real yet, it's just words. So you see that it's, so according to everybody, you could revoke the vow when it's still in the theoretical stage. Now here's the problem. That proof that we just had before that said the Naziris case, I just want to spoil the Gemara a little bit. We just had a, a Naziris case, which is a person says, I'm to Shimon, and then he says, and if I revoke the vow, then I'll be a Nazir, so it's still in the stipulation stage. The Gemara specifically said you have to revoke the first vow. The Rav has to do Atar's Dharma, the first vow, rendering the Naziris real. Then he could do Atar's Dharma on the Naziris. That means that you could only do Atar's Dharma if it's real. So we said that it's either, according to Rav Papi, and he holds universally you have to do it when it's real, or it's Rava and it's according to Rav Nasan. But that price clearly indicates you can only do Atar's Nadarim if the, if, the, if the Nadarim are real. Now you're telling me everyone agrees you could do Atar's Nadarim even if it's not real. That means that price is not like what you're saying. So it's going to be a problem. Because again, we had an opinion before that said that everyone agrees it has to be real, and we brought proofs to it. Now we're saying everyone agrees it doesn't have to be real. Those proofs are not kashas. So the Gemara says, kasha number one. We just had this. A person says, I'm not going to benefit from Shimon. And he says, and if I do a Taras Adarim, I'm not going to benefit from Shimon. And if I do a Taras Adarim, then I'm also to the rabbi. Now that, that nether is still up in the air. And the Gemara says, You have to go to the rabbi, go do a Taras Adarim on the first and then the second. Again, it doesn't say which order. We assume the first is... Um, uh, the nether to Shimon, rendering the nether to the rabbi real. So, oh, Bamai, that, that seems to indicate that to do Atar Zadarim, the Nadarim have to be real. I thought, according to you, you could do Atar Zadarim even when it's not real. So, why do you have to do that one order? Do the opposite. So, the Gemara says the same rejection we had before. I don't know how the order is. It just says first and second. It doesn't say which one. So, I don't, I don't know what the proof is. I don't know which order it is. Maybe, Taka, you could do the Atar Zadarim first. So the Gemara says, okay, Mesve, rather, this is the Kasha. And this was the proof that we just had, and now it's a Kasha. 
If a person says, Reuben says, I'm not going to benefit from Shimon. Then he says, and if I do Atar Sadarim, then I'll be a Nazir. So the first nether is real, the second nether of Nazir is, is still up in the air. Says the Braisa, You have to do Atar Sadarim on the first one, rendering the Nazir is real, and then you can do Matan Nether the Nazir. You cannot be Matan Nether the Nazir until they're real. Oh, this is not like what we're saying in the version of Rav Papi. This Braisa indicates for Atar Sadarim, the Nadarim have to be real. According to you, you should be able to do Atar Sadarim in any order. So this indicates that Atar Sadarm can only be done if the Nidharm are real. Okay, so we're going to continue with the Mishnah. The Mishnah says, Barishayna Hayu Aimim. Originally they used to say, Shalish Nashim Ksuva. There are three women that can leave their husband, they can get divorced, and they collect their Ksuba. Meaning, there are three women who, who must be divorced based on their own uh, you know, admission. We'll see what they are in a moment. And they collect their ksuba payment. And they collect their ksuba payment, meaning, Ha'imeris, the first one is Tmanilach. If a wife of a Kayin says to her husband, I was, I was raped, I was violated, the halach is that once she's uh, violated, then uh, they can't stay together. So by saying that, and now normally if a woman did something wrong to end her marriage, she forfeits a ksuba. Over here she did nothing wrong, she was violated. And she still gets a ksuba. Or number two is Shemayim Beini Lebeinecha. If she says that, uh, between God knows between us. What does that mean? So Rashi explains. It means that she was saying that when, when they live together, the husband's uh, seeds, his semen, it's, it's, he's not able to have children. Uh, and what it means is that when, when the seed comes out of him, it doesn't come out strong like an arrow. It's, it's dribbling out. And she's saying that we're not able to have children and it's your fault. It's not, it's not me. And that, that, that's also a reason to get divorced. And utulanim and ayyuhudim. And if she says, I'm removed from the Jews, meaning she made a nether not to live with anybody, so that, that ends the marriage, and she gets a ksuba. The problem with all these three is that, the problem with all these three is that, um, uh, the problem is that with these three women, we're afraid, what if a woman just wants to get divorced? She just doesn't like her husband. She's met someone else that she's interested in, so she'll say these three things. It'll be a lie. And she'll get her ksuba. Chazuloyme, the Chazal, retracted their view, because they said, that we're afraid that a woman will just like another guy, and she'll, she'll, she'll uh, make these things up to, to, to end the marriage. So therefore, we now said, we change it to, if the first case where a wife of a kain says that I was raped, she has to bring proof. Or now if she says that I know that you're not able to have children, we request that she stop saying this. Now, um, meaning we don't believe her anymore. According to some Rishayim, it means that Yasu Derech Bakasha, we daven that she, they're able to have children, but we don't really believe her anymore. Because uh, I guess it's really her word is against his, because like it's not like they were able to check medically. And the last one, Tulim and if she makes the nether, she's not going to live with anybody, then we don't get divorced. The husband revokes his part of the nether, they could be together. And she's Taka Asa from everybody else. Okay, now here's the Gemara's Kasha. Originally, the Mishnah said that if a wife of a kind says that she was violated, originally that would end the marriage and she would get divorced and keep her ksuba. But then they change it that she has to bring proof. That means that they stay together. Yibailu, here's the Kasha. The question is, they have to stay together because it doesn't end the marriage. Because if it ended the marriage, the woman would just say this 
and, 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 and lie potentially. The question is, if she does claim that she was violated, so although we're going to allow them to be together, can she continue eating truma? Because based on her own admission, she really should not be able to eat truma anymore because she was she's not kosh lakuna. Now, yes, we're going to allow her to be together because we don't want to, 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 to you know, it'll end marriages. We don't want that. But the question is, maybe she should stop eating truma. Maybe she, she should stay with him, stay married to him, but she's not going to eat truma anymore. So she says, no, she's allowed to eat truma. Why? The whole point is you want them to stay together. You want them to stay married. So now they're not going to be married anymore. I'm sorry, they're going to stay married, but she's not going to eat truma. You know what's going to happen? You can go to the house. You can say, oh, why aren't you eating truma? And she's going to be like, eh, something happened, whatever. People are going to start talking and be like, oh, you know what? Maybe she lived with someone else or she was violated something else. And, and they're not supposed to be together. And rumors are going to start swirling. They're going to think, oh, she's taka not kasha for kahuna. That's why she's not eating truma. Basically, in other words, if you want the marriage to work, she has to be able to eat truma. If she stops eating truma, people are going to start talking, and people are going to say, oh, you know what? She's actually not Kushlakun. Maybe she was really divorced. Maybe something happened, that she was a Zaina, whatever it is, and her children are possible Kahuna, and it's going to become a whole thing. Rav says, no, she has to stop eating truma, and people will just see her eating chulun. No one's going to say anything bad. They're just going to say, oh, maybe she likes chulun. Who's to say that people... Meaning... Rav is like, it's not going to be a bad optic. They're just going to see her eating challah. So they're going to say, okay, so she's not eating truma challah. What's the difference? Um, Rav, uh, Rav says, Rav Rav who holds that she, we allow her to eat truma because we don't want her to have a bad, we don't want people's rumors to start swirling. Rav Sheshis agrees, that if she was widowed, right, we know the wife of a Kayan who's widowed, Especially if she still has children, she's allowed to continue eating truma. In this case, where she says to Manilach, she says that she's tummy to him, she says she was violated, the halacha is, we allow, we, she has to stop eating truma. Why? Because says the Gemara, The whole reason why we don't want her to stop eating truma is because we don't want rumors to start swirling. But once she's widowed or divorced... Then, then she could she has to stop eating truma. Why? Because people are not going to say what are the rumors. The rumors are people are going to say that she's really pasul kahuna the whole time, and her children are really pasul kahuna. But once she's widowed or divorced, and people see her not eating truma, they're going to say, oh, maybe something happened after she got widowed. Meaning, when she's married to the husband and she's still in his house and they're still together, and she stops eating truma, that's such a strange thing. People are going to say, you know what? Maybe she was always pasul kahuna. Her children are always pasul kahuna. Something's off. But when she's widowed or divorced and she's not eating truma, people are going to say, maybe after she got ma- after she got widowed, something happened. No one's going to go all the way back to when she was actually married. And therefore, if she's widowed or divorced, she has to stop eating truma. If she said to me, Anilach. Um, Rav Papa, Rav Papa said, Badalak and Rav, Rav asked the following kasha. If a wife of a Kayan who was violated and therefore again became forbidden to her husband. So we had a question in the Mishnah of whether we believe her. But let's say we know that it's true. Not the, the, the Mishnah is where she said it. No, we know. There's witnesses. No. The question is, The question is, does she still get her ksuba? The marriage is off. She has to get divorced. But the question is, does she retain her ksuba? What's the shayla? Do we say that we know that when it comes to the wife of a kayin? If she's violated, the halacha is they have to get divorced the same way. By a kayin, if she's violated, they have to get divorced. By Yisrael, what's the halacha? They only have to get divorced if it was baratzen, if it was willing adultery. So the question is, do we compare the 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 the, the by a kayin to the wife of a kayin to to willing by a Yisraelis, by adultery by Yisraelis? And we say, just like by adultery by Yisra, by Yisrael, ain't laksuba, just by a case of adultery where it's willing, she forfeits a ksuba, so too. We treat the wife of a kayin's 
oynis, uh, like adultery, and she should also forfeit the ksuba. Or I don't know. Go to the next page. Or perhaps no, when she's an oynis, because it's against her will, she could say, it's mazel that it happened, but it's not my mazel, it's your mazel, because it's affecting you, and therefore you have to pay my ksuba. It's not my fault, Meaning, whose fault? It's not her fault. So because it's not her fault, she shifted from for the ksuba. And the Mishnah of the Gemara says, it's mafurish in our Mishnah. I'll say it out so soon. I said, what was the Mishnah said? The Mishnah said that we originally would believe the wife of Akai when she said she was Oynes, and she would get divorced and keep her ksuba. Now, the, it says the Gemara, the, the Mishnah clearly indicates that we change that because we don't, want to, we don't want to believe her based on her words. And we now she has to bring proof. But what do you see? That when she does bring proof, she she gets her ksuba. You see that the wife of a kayan who's who's violated keeps her ksuba. The Mishnah said that if the wife the wife says that I was defiled, that means that the, something happened that ended the marriage with the, with another man, she gets a ksuba. Now who are we talking about? I said when we read the Mishnah, we're talking about a wife of a kayan and violated. But how did I know this? So go, go through the cheshman. Let's say it's the wife of Yisrael. So how would Let's say it's the wife of Yisrael. Now, there's two ways she could live with someone. If it's adultery and it was willing, she doesn't get a ksuba. That's halacha. She forfeits a ksuba. She's killed. Even if there's no death penalty, she forfeits a ksuba. And if she was, uh, if it was against her will, she's not also to her husband. Why is she getting divorced at all? It must be the wife of a kayin. Now, again, if it's baratzen, if she if she did it adultery, the wife of a kain also doesn't get a ksuba. And me garmeshis it must be the wife of a kain. And it was bainus against her will. And she has to get divorced, but you see she gets a ksuba. Katani yesh ksuba. You see that the wife of a kain retains her ksuba. We'll stop here, pick it up tomorrow.